This is Havila Pennington, and this is the Havila Cunnington Podcast. Have you ever been in a spiritual situation that's left you more confused than empowered? Have you ever heard a story, maybe behind the scenes, of something spiritually that's happened that made you wonder what the spirit world is like, and maybe even scared of it? I'll never forget the day this happened to me. I was 15, and I was part of a missions team going through the Midwest, and we were, well, we were going onto the American reservations and repenting and washing the feet of the Native Americans, really smoking the peace pipe for our parents, if you will, and asking forgiveness for what we had done to the Native people. And on this trip, one night we were in a worship service, and while we were worshiping, one of the girls on the team began to cry but her cries quickly turned to screams. Something was happening. And of course, all of us sitting in the room immediately were filled with terror and fear. Why is this girl screaming and what's happening? And I'd never seen anything like this before. So quickly the friends and the leaders gathered around her and they began to talk and pray. We couldn't see what was going on, but one of our leaders shouted out in the room, I want everybody to grab hands, and we want you to turn outwards so you're not facing this girl, and I want you to pray. So about 50 of us grabbed hands, we turned outward and began to pray while a couple leaders and friends gathered in the middle as we heard all kinds of sounds and shrieks and screams and prayers happening in the middle. Of course, we couldn't see because we were turned around, and we were told that the enemy wanted attention, so just keep praying, and they'll deal with it. Eventually, with about 15 minutes later, they carried the girl out of the room and we were told that we were done for the night and that we could go to bed. I remember nobody slept that night. We all laid there and I think all of us were a little too scared to ask each other what we thought. Maybe we assumed that we should know what was happening. I think there was maybe this part of us that felt embarrassed that we didn't know what was happening and because the leader implied that we should know, nobody asked. In fact, the next morning we got up and started our day and the leader never said another thing, just kept going and gave us instructions for that day, but never articulated any change. And I remember feeling so confused. I remember thinking, why isn't anybody telling us anything? Why isn't anybody talking to us about what just happened? That was terrifying. That was crazy. I've never seen anything like that. What I didn't realize is that they really were telling us something. They were telling us, first of all, that we shouldn't want to know about what was happening. And number two, there's only certain people anointed for spiritual moments that are somewhat scary or demonic or maybe even emotionally driven. And thirdly, they were telling us that, well, we shouldn't really discuss it because if we discuss it, then the enemy gets attention. And it wasn't until I began to really think about or really read and study the idea of spiritual battles, did I remember this moment? And I thought about how many of you that are listening today have been in situations where things like this have happened, maybe not as extreme, but you've been in situations where someone has shut it down or they've acted like you should know and you weren't sure. Maybe it was, you went into a church where you saw something crazy, it wasn't your church, it was somebody else's, but it seemed weird and scary and odd. I just want you to know that Our spiritual battle was never meant to be something where fear-driven, anxiety, 
Um, you know, it wasn't meant to be something that we could never talk about. In fact, we were born into battle and the battle isn't a scary battle. The battle has been won. That's the coolest part. We were born into a battle that had already been won and there's still a battle happening, but we're on the winning side and we don't need to fear. The enemy has no power over us. If you believe in Christ and Christ is your Lord and head of your life, guess what? Your soul has been given to him. Your spirit is his and you have nothing to fear. But what we must know is the Bible says we are not to be ignorant of the enemy's schemes. We're not to be ignorant of how the enemy works in our lives. And you know, the truth is the enemy lives on the earth. Now, I want you to understand this. I'm gonna give you a theological, um, like one of the quickest theological <laughs> discussions as I can, because I don't have time to get into all of it. But I want us to review the idea of how the enemy operates in our lives. Because the enemy was created by God. The devil is not, a, is not a God. The devil is a created being, an angel that lived up in heaven and worshiped God, was a part of God. And he, he loved to worship and he was one to give God glory. But somewhere in the story, the enemy wanted the glory himself. He looked at what God was receiving and thought, I'd like some of that. And he began to, he asked, he talked to God about that. Well. God wasn't being mean about not giving the enemy glory. God knew that glory would destroy Satan. Glory would destroy Lucifer was his name in heaven. Glory would destroy us. And so God isn't being narcissistic in receiving glory. It's the only person or create, not created, but God, I should say, who only a God should receive full glory full honor, full power, because he's God. And so what happened is there was a war that broke out in heaven, the Bible says, and a third of the angels followed Lucifer, who's devils, the Satan, and now live on the earth. They were cast to the earth. Now I want you to know they're called demons. They were all created by God. They have all been given uh, a seeming authority, if you will, at, for time being, but God is the one that has even allowed them to have that. And when Christ came and he died on the cross for our sins, guess what? He took the power of sin and death and he now has the power of all those who believe. He now has domination, right? He is the, he's the Lord of our lives. So the enemy believes that anyone on the earth is still his. And, and the truth is that it is fair game. When we're on the earth and our eternal life, we're not dead, if you will, we're not in heaven. Guess what? We have a choice. Are we gonna live in heaven or are we gonna live in hell? Those are our choices. But once we decide we're gonna live in heaven and we're God's, we don't have anything to fear, we are his. But as long as we're on the earth, there is a battle, the Bible says, for the souls of men. So there is a battle. Now, if you decide you're gonna live with Christ, guess what? You're stronger than any struggle you face. Does that mean you're not going to face struggle? No, you are going to face battles. Why? Because you live on a fallen earth. There is sickness, there is disease, not only that, Evil is allowed to live on the earth. You say, well, why would God allow evil to be on the earth? I mean, why would he allow a predator to have life? Why would he allow someone to kill 
you know, people in Las Vegas a shooting? Why would he allow um, this to happen? Or why would he allow a cancer from a, a child of cancer? Well, it's not that he's giving them that. It's that he doesn't interrupt the process of a fallen earth because he wants free will to be at full play. Now, follow me on this because this is very important to our belief system. God, in his mercy, even in the garden with Adam and Eve, did not interrupt Adam and Eve's free will. He didn't say, I want you to love me and don't eat that fruit because if you eat that fruit, all of all the earth is going to change and you're going to destroy the earth. No, he warned them, but he did not interrupt them. He would not interrupt them because he knew that if he had controlled love or controlling power, he could not have free love and he could not have self, self-given love and only self-given, like only free will Free willed love is the only real love. So we actually feel it and choose it and are in it. And God wanted that kind of love. He wanted that kind of admiration from us. He, he, he wanted us to choose him because that is the deepest, most authentic love is when we choose to love. And so he did not interrupt that. And so what God has done is he's allowed the earth to live as a fallen earth with sickness and evil and destruction, not because he's not merciful, but because he is merciful. He's giving as much time as possible for those that live on the earth to choose to be with him, to choose heaven. If he shuts it down, guess what? Those that don't believe will never have a chance again to decide on eternity. So he allows this earth to linger and hang and be because he's merciful, because he's giving us the final opportunities to choose to be with him because he says he wants all of us to live with him for eternity. In fact, the Bible says, that Jesus said to his father, Father, I want them to be with me like I'm with you. I want them to be with me. And that's why he went to the cross, that we would be with him. And so this is why we struggle. It's not because we've done something wrong or because God's being mean. We struggle because we all experience struggle. No one is immune to struggle. In fact, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust which means no one is going to do or be apart from it. We are all going to experience it. We are not going to be delivered from it, but we are never going to be alone in it. That is the firm foundation of our faith. Not that we somehow live in a bubble and are immune from what everybody else is experiencing, but that we have a living hope that allows us to live in hope in the midst of discouragement and depression in a world that seems hopeless. We have a hope we have a hope. So we talk about the battle. The battle has been won, but not only that, the battle, we are stronger than the struggle because we have Christ living within us and it gives us the power to live an empowered life. You know, this whole month we're talking about being stronger than the struggle. And I want to invite you, if you are curious about this topic, you think, gosh, I'd like to know more about this. You know, Havel, you've said some things that I've really never thought about Gosh, I'd love nothing more than for you to join us for our global book club going through my brand new book called Stronger Than the Struggle and Complicating Your Spiritual Battle. It is a spiritual book, but it's also really practical. I'll give you tools, tools to live empowered in your life, tools to, to deal with your enemy, and not just that, tools to uncomplicate the battles and the struggles that you you face on a daily basis. So I want to invite you. It's completely free. You get to join me by going to truththetable.com. At Truth the Table, you can sign up and you can join our global book club. 
Not only that, you can lead a book club with your friends and family and your church community. You can grab your friends and we have a free downloadable guide to help you lead your book club. You don't have to have the new book. In fact, the videos and the guide are completely free. But if you would like to enhance your study and we recommend it, we recommend you pick up the book, Stronger Than the Struggle, and make an investment to research yourself on the topic of your spiritual battle. I, I want to invite you to pull up a chair, hang out with me for the month of January as we unpack the topic of struggle and strength. Because you know what? You are stronger than any struggle you face if you get the tools and the strategy to figure out how. So I love you guys. I always love a little bit of your time. I'm always honored that you give me a few minutes. And I cannot wait to go on this journey with you as we go through the book, Stronger Than the Struggle.